Podcast Answer Man, episode number 354. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi, this is Cynthia Sanchez from the Oh So Pinteresting podcast. You are listening to Cliff Ravenscraft. He's been taking podcasting to the next level since 2005. He is the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast devoted to taking your message, your business, and your life to the next level. That's right. It doesn't matter if you're brand new to this online content-creating world we live in, or if you've been doing this stuff for many years, there's something we can all do to take everything we do in life to the next level. That's right, my friends, and we are going to take things to the next level. Uh, Once again, this week, I am excited to bring to you the show that we have prepared. Uh, Real quickly, I want to give you a rundown on the topics that I plan on including in this week's podcast so you can make a decision for yourself right now. Is this going to be worth my time? I promise you it will. Anyway, we're going to talk about creative ways to invite guests to come on to your podcast, or at least I'm going to share one story that will hopefully hopefully inspire you to find creative ways to invite guests to come onto your show. Clark Gaither has some pretty exciting things that happened in his world recently, uh, where he was interviewed on terrestrial radio and was converting the radio show host to podcasting right there in the interview. Also, uh, I'm going to give my recent thoughts on reading uh, the my my particular reading habits and how I'm reading and that's always involved. It seems to be involved evolving over time. And then Dave has a question about whether or not it's legal or what legal ramifications there are for using people's voices or voicemail uh, messages in your podcast. You might be surprised at my answer. I don't know. Maybe we'll see. And then of course I'm gonna have Eric J Fisher, my social media correspondent, uh, join me for a portion of our show here for the social media segment, talking about Twitter's brand new web profiles. Did you know you can actually change the way your profile looks on Twitter? Uh, We're going to talk about that today in this week's social media segment. Hey, first thing I want to talk about is something that I saw from my good friend and also podcasting A to C alumni uh, member, Christina Cantors. Now, uh, Christina is absolutely a one of the most creative people I think I've come across in a very long time. She actually has a podcast uh, that she created after going through podcasting A to Z called Design Draw Speak. Actually, wait a second. I don't think that's the name of it. Her website is designdrawspeak.com. That I am positive of. But I, it, I think her podcast is actually I'm looking up here real, real quick to make sure. Actually, the name of her podcast is Presentation Skills for Design Students, but uh, one of the things that she does is she's actually interviewing a lot of people who she admires uh, and and wants to share their insights of the people that are really at the top of um, their game when it comes to presentation, public speaking, and stuff like that, and she has found some pretty creative ways of inviting guests 
to come on our show. Now, I've you know heard of things like Jared Easley, a good friend of mine who uh, sent a ball in the mail to Dan Miller and also to Seth Godin, and I'm sure he's probably even done it to other people, where he literally hand wrote in a Sharpie marker, marker on a bouncy ball, one of those big, huge rubber balls, and he just, he learned that you can um, send those via the post office. You, not, you don't have to box them or anything. They, they actually will deliver a ball. Um, I think I'd heard a story about that years ago. Somebody did that with like an, you know, to get interviewed. But, uh, you know, Jared put that into practice to help, you know, get noticed by some of the people that he wanted to interview for his podcast. And um, I know that Christina Cantors has been doing some very unique things. One thing she did was create one of those little flip books with like post-it notes and you flip through and it's, you know, this little animation flip book thing that, uh, you know, where she wrote and uh, this message of, you know, this is why I would love to have you as a guest on my show. And I think she was going to, I think she had hand delivered that. Um, I found that on her Facebook profile. But the other day, I'm looking at my Facebook timeline and I see a song for Pat Flynn. Now, the, this is an actual video, but I think the the audio is going to translate perfectly well here. But the reality is, is watching the video, it, it's actually even kind of fun because of the, you know, just the body movement and the some of the looks on her face when she says certain things in this song. But she wrote a unique beatboxing kind of hip hop sounding song as her invitation for Pat Flynn to join our show. And I'm going to play that for you right here. So have a listen to this. Yo, yo. This is the song, it's just for you, Pat Flynn. You're a total boss of beatboxing and podcasting. You're super fun and friendly. Man, I'm such a lucky girl to have met you at Social Media Marketing World. A podcast too, it's my own creation. I help design students with communication. You're such a great speaker, I just had to ask, would you consider being a guest on my podcast? My listeners will love you and they love to hear your speaking tips and how you overcame fear. Plus, I've got ideas for a really cool show. You could totally beatbox and I'll do the flow. I clearly need help with creating good beats because all I've got is this app and it just sounds crap. So what's in it for you? You're probably wondering, Pat. Well, if you say yes, I'll give you this hat. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, designdrawspeak.com. And I will tell you that uh, Pat said yes as soon as he saw the video. And he had already decided that he would definitely do the interview before uh, he was even halfway through the video. So that was absolutely awesome. And, you know, th- this thing, you know, went mini viral in a way because I saw this, I shared it, and a bunch of my friends shared it. And, you know, the, and get this a 90 second invitation to please Pat Flynn come on to my podcast has already been viewed over 620 times on YouTube. Uh, so, I mean, I know that 622, 620 views may not seem like a lot, but 
Guys, this is a 90-second invitation from Christina to Pat Flynn to be on our podcast. I think it's pretty darn cool. And, of course, now it's gone out to a couple thousand other people, which is, uh, you know, taking, you know, her brand to a whole new level. And I love these kind of things. Um, so the 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 bar has been set just a little bit higher by Christina. Christina, congratulations on just being so darn creative. And you know what? The, the thing is, is I encourage everyone to go check out our podcast at designdrawspeak.com. Follow her in social networking uh, platforms everywhere. I am sure that if you do, you will be inspired by some of the th- actions that she's taking to network and connect with other folks out there. All right, next up, Clark Gaither was recently involved in an interview with somebody that he's gotten to know over the last uh, bit of time here. I'm not sure how long he's been connected to this uh, radio show host on WGBR 1150 AM. I can't tell where this was, but I think it was in North Carolina. But I want to play for you this audio clip of where he is actually in traditional media on the terrestrial radio and promoting podcasting to that community and also to the radio host. Have a listen to this. Uh, One of the things we want to talk about is the process of having a podcast. So tell us about that. Well, I I knew uh, nothing about podcasting, and the reason I got into it, it was I was looking around for ways, different ways to share my experience, strength, and hope. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in recovery. And I started my blog last July, HCP Recovery uh, or healthcareproviderrecovery.com. I've since switched it over to clarkgaither.com. But if you want to look at some really old posts, go to uh, hcprecovery.com. And uh, that's the old blog site. Mm-hmm. One of my friends had gone to a media conference and came back. She said, I listened to this guy. His name was Cliff Ravenscraft. They uh-huh. call him the Podcast Answer Man. In fact, you can find him on uh, podcastanswerman.com. Mm-hmm. And he uh, teaches you how to uh, start a podcast. And a podcast, think of it as internet radio. You know, we're on the radio right now. Sure. And, and it's something that you can download and listen to when you want on a subject that you might be interested in. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, wow, that that might be another venue for me to share my experience, strength, and hope. So I took uh, uh, Cliff's course, Cliff Ravenscraft's course. It was four weeks. Um, it was online. And I went from knowing nothing about podcasting to having my first podcast listed on iTunes in four weeks. Mm-hmm. And so you can find The Power of Transformation on iTunes, uh, Zoom, BlackBerry, Swell, uh, all these uh, sites out there uh, have The Power of Transformation up on the, on, on, as an offering under their podcast mm-hmm. listing. So um, it's been uh, exciting for me uh, mm-hmm. because I, I enjoy um, uh, sitting behind the microphone, it was intimidating when I first started. Uh, I'm used to giving lectures. I've I've given hundreds of lectures up and down the East Coast on hypertension, cholesterol disorders, smoking cessation, addiction and recovery, physician burnout. 
but sitting in front of a microphone by yourself in a room that's intimidating <laughs> was, was quite different uh but i've got my seventh episode up and it's becoming more comfortable and i'm mm-hmm. really enjoying the process excellent and, I, and i'm grateful because we've been working we're going to get you podcasting we're going to get me podcasting World- so there you go. Clark Kather, th- number one, thank you so much for the shout out. I had forgotten that that was in there. But uh, yeah, obviously, thank you for the shout out, promoting podcastanswerman.com. Uh, but man, thank you for pro- just promoting podcasting out-, out there into the space, my friends. This is what it's all about. If you haven't heard my episode about making yourself newsworthy, I encourage you to go over to podcastanswerman.com slash newsworthy and learn how you can actually get yourself onto your local television station, onto your local radio stations, uh, as an expert guest in your area of interest. I think it's absolutely possible. I've known many people who have done this, and of course, what a great opportunity to promote your podcast and podcasting in general. And uh, Clark, I'm just very excited for you, my friend. Uh, Clark, as you can tell in there, is another graduate of Podcasting A to Z, and uh, you can find him at ClarkGaither.com. That's G-A-I-T-H-E-R, ClarkGaither.com. His podcast is The Power of Transformation. And uh, yeah, I absolutely am thrilled. And matter of fact, I just see right here, episode number eight is online. He's made it past dreaded number seven, uh, and he is on a great uh, roll right now and has some momentum behind him. And I'm very happy. So thanks a lot, Clark, for that. And congratulations uh, for for those achievements. Moving on here, uh, recent thoughts on reading is the next thing that I have. You know what? Let me actually answer Dave's question real quick. And then I'll talk about my recent thoughts on reading. Uh, Dave recently emailed me this question. Uh, the question in the email says, hi, my name is Dave. And it actually had his last name, which I've redacted here. Uh, I work with a podcast channel called, and I've removed the name of the podcast channel. Now, first of all, why did I remove Dave's last name, and why did I remove the podcast channel name? Well, it's because I didn't get Dave's permission to share this email with you. All right, so I'll just be upfront and just transparent. Uh, Dave, I did not write back and say, hey, Dave, do you mind if I read your question and answer it on the show? All right. So basically what I've decided is I've removed anything that could trace. I mean, this could be any Dave out there working with any podcast channel on the planet. So I'm sure there are a lot of podcasters named Dave. Unless there's only one Dave that's podcasting, then I've pretty much outed Dave for sending me this email. So, but I this will make sense why I'm actually sharing all this information with you when you get here the rest of the email. So he says, my name is Dave. I work with such and such podcast channel. And here's the rest. I've read your blog post on voicemail options. Now, by the way, if you want to actually read my my uh, blog post on voicemail options, you can go to uh, podcastanswerman.com slash voicemail. Again, that's podcastanswerman.com slash voicemail. Anyway, he said that he wrote, he had read that. He says, we are going with Google Voice to start out. I was curious to know if you could point me in the right direction or provide, provide more information on the legality of using listeners' voicemails, all right? He says, I I am curious if we need to say anything along the lines of your voicemail is owned by us, etc., but I am not sure. I was not able to find an article on your website. What would you recommend? 
All right, so I already responded to Dave, and I didn't even think to tell him, "Hey, Dave, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this in the podcast as well." I assume that he's probably checking out Podcast Answer Man and he'd be listening to this, but maybe not. Anyway, I wrote back, and I pretty much was very straightforward. It's like number one, I'm not a lawyer, um, so I don't have legal answers for legal questions. I, it's just not something that I ever do. In uh, three over 350 episodes now, I've just never given any legal advice, and I refuse to even do so. Even though I may know the answers to some of the legal questions, I just choose not to give legal advice. Um, so I said, number one, I'm not a lawyer. However, I can tell you what I do, all right? What I do is I go with common sense. You know, if people actually found my voicemail hotline, the, the only way they're getting that number is by going to my website and actually seeing the page that this is how you can actually call in a question or feedback or comment for the podcast, all right? And so that, I mean, it's very clear that if you're calling this phone number, this, you know, this is what this number is for. It's what it's designed for. And then my voice message, it doesn't say, by the way, we own, you know, the rights to transmit and use your voice in any product or service, blah, blah, blah. I don't have any of that lingo, legal mumbo jumbo. Um, instead, my, you know, I wonder what my voicemail system actually says. I have no clue. Uh, but anyway, um, it actually, you know what, I, I think I could pull it up. You know, I think that would probably be a good thing. How about I pull up Skype right now and I dial my voicemail and you can actually hear the voicemail feedback uh, voice message that I use. Okay, so I have Skype pulled up and I have the phone number dialed in, which by the way, if anybody wants it, it's 859-795-4067. Now, I will tell you that uh, I still have this service uh, using Broad Voice uh, with a phone number, 859-795-4067. I still have that available you know, but with SpeakPipe, I, sometimes I wonder, do I still need it? You know, I get plenty of questions that come in via SpeakPipe, and I don't think it'd be the end of the world if I didn't offer the telephone version anymore. But for whatever reason, I still have it right now, and I think I'm going to have it for the foreseeable future. Uh, but anyway, the phone number 859-795-4067. If you were to call it, this is what you would get. Hi, this is Cliff Ravenscraft, and you have reached the Podcast Answer Man and GSPN.TV listener feedback line. If you would like to leave a message for any of our shows, you may do so after the sound of the tone. Please start by telling us your name, where you're calling from, and which show your message is for. Then simply leave your message or question, and we will try to fit it into one of our upcoming episodes. If you're calling because you're interested in podcast consulting, please email cliff at podcastanswerman.com. Thank you so much for calling, and we look forward to hearing from you. So there you go. I'll hang up. And uh, yeah, so that's what it is. I mean, it's it very much my voice message doesn't have any kind of legal talk, but it says you have reached the voicemail feedback hotline for our podcast. You know, if you would leave your, you know, tell us what show. Of course, I have multiple shows, so tell us what show it's for. Uh, and and then, you know, give, tell your name, where you're coming from, whatever you want to share. And, and leave your message, and I will try to include your message in, a, in an upcoming episode. So, it, I mean, we, I'm, I'm telling them what this is for on the thing. So that, that's what I recommend. I assume that if people are calling that phone number, they hear that. As soon as they start talking into my voicemail, my assumption is that they understand that they're doing that, that this is actually going to be played in a podcast, potentially. All right? 
So that's what I assume. Now, of course, we all know what happens when you assume things. There are there are potential problems with that. I'm not a lawyer. If this is keeping you up at night, if this question of the legality of you know disclaimers and protection and all that stuff, if that's keeping you up all night, my recommendation is that you actually ask that same question to an actual attorney and not to somebody like me who uh, does you know I, my my own philosophy is you know it's like yeah I, I will do I I don't I don't I'm not ashamed of this philosophy I do not recommend it for you. But my recommendation is that there are so many things in life where it's just easier to just ask for forgiveness than it is to seek permission. Um, And I don't use that of philosophy in places where I feel like it's not morally responsible for me to do so. Uh, But when it comes to things like this, that's the kind of way that I go for it. Again, not recommending it for you, just sharing that's my own, that's been my own approach. And so far, uh, you know, nine years doing this stuff, I've never had any problems with people uh, with me playing their voicemail messages in my uh, in my show. Now, if somebody calls and they're leaving me, you know, rants and whatever, and they say, "Whatever you do, don't play this in your podcast episode." Eh. <laughs> I, it depends on how I feel that day, uh, but you know, it's probably I'm not going to do that. And uh, but if it's if if it's on my voicemail feedback hotline and say this might be included, then it's fair game. But I'm probably going to make the right choice uh, in my mind of what's right and wrong. So anyway, there you go. That's my thought on it. All right. um, Let's see here. Twenty four minutes. I have just a little bit more time. This is not really podcast related, but I think it's related uh, to some other interesting things. And that is um, how we take our understanding of life, uh, the relationships. It's, it's how we take our understanding of our core competency, all of these different things, our, our area of focus for our businesses, and just overall general things in, in, in every aspect, every area of life. We take things to the next level by reading great books. I really believe that. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of creating audio content, I think that uh, listening to audio podcasts is a great way to take in a lot of valuable principles, insights, and, and all of that good stuff. But there, there's something about actually reading a book that has been, you know, well prepared and that has condensed and boiled down the the most important information in such a way that it's logical from beginning to end. There, there's really nothing like a, a really good book. And, and of course, there are a lot of books that are not really good books out there. Tons of them. But some books off the top of my head. Oh, my goodness. I, I didn't even think that I was going to do this, but I will. Since it's real easy for me to, I'm going to open up my, I've got my iPad mini with Retina right in front of me. And uh, let's see here. I am going to open up the Kindle app, and I'm going to tell it to show me the cloud and I'm just going to read off some books that I think are really great books. And uh, doing that right here, I've got all these different things that are popping up. Library, let's do that. Uh, cloud, and let's do Grid. Okay. Uh, Necessary Endings is one book that I'm reading right now. It is a great book if you have a business, uh, I, I think it's geared towards businesses, but it, even if you don't have your own business, Necessary Endings, I think, is great for employees and all kinds of other people. Even if you're not a business person, it's about the understanding seasons of life 
and knowing that there are definitely time things are definitely going to change over time and sometimes we hold on to things for too long when we know that you know what this thing just needs to end and some some endings are absolutely necessary so that's necessary endings by dr henry henry cloud um i'm reading a faith-based book from a somebody who uh was one of my well most regarded mentors in my life as far as spiritual mentorship and and was like a father to me in, in many ways, uh, Dave, Dr. David Foster. He passed away just over two years ago. Um, and I'm reading his book called A Renegade's Guide to God, Finding Life Outside of um, Conventional conventional Christianity by Dr. David Foster, A Renegade's Guide to God. I, I, I love this book. Thou Shall Prosper by Rabbi Daniel Lappin. Absolutely essential business reading. If you own a business at all, uh, if you actually earn money at all, um, you should read Thou Shall Prosper. I, I, I that That is a must read in my opinion. Um, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Ecker. I think this uh, the author can tend to be read in such a way that in many parts of the book, it, it's very egotistical. Um, and so there's a little bit of a, of a of the flavor of the book that I'm not too crazy about, but the information, especially about mo- the mind, uh, your, your money blueprint and programming around the first third of the book is absolutely amazing. And I found the entire book to be quite encouraging overall. And it, it's still one I highly recommend. It's called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. By T. Harv Ecker. Um, let's see here. I'm just trying to look at some other books. Um, I've started reading Stand and Deliver. On it's about public speaking uh, from Dale Carnegie. It's um, Dale Carnegie training. Stand and Deliver. Uh, you know, I, I've enjoyed everything that I've read in it, but it just hasn't captured me, and I haven't gone back to it after I think chapter one or two. I, I look forward to going back someday, but eh, we'll see. The Millionaire Messenger by Brendan Bouchard is a good book. I wouldn't say it's an absolute must read, but um, it's definitely a good book. Entree Leadership. Entree Leadership is one of those pod or one of those books that is absolutely so packed full of information that I don't recommend that you listen to it as an audiobook. I I really prefer uh, reading. I, I would have preferred reading that as an ebook, and it looks like I actually did purchase it as a full-blown ebook and I haven't gone back and reread it yet. I did listen to the entire thing however uh in as an audiobook on Audible and uh, found so much information but I missed probably 70% of everything he said because he would say something so amazing and my mind is spinning down an entire new journey as a result of that. Uh so that was really great. Um, the Strangest Secret, it was originally a 45-minute audio pro- program from Earl Nightingale. Uh, you can get it probably for 99 cents on on Kindle. It's called The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. Absolutely awesome little read, and uh, I think it's, it's, it's an essential thing. Uh, another faith-based book called Three Free Sins by my friend Steve Brown. If, I did an interview with him and talked about that book a little bit at uh, gspn.tv slash Steve Brown or gspn.tv slash three free sins all spelled out. Um, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I think it's an essential book to read. 
Uh, wasn't one of my favorite reads, but uh, certainly an essential book to read uh, uh, when it comes to business and entrepreneurship. I read the Steve uh, the Steve Jobs biography by Walter Isaacson. I'm just an Apple fanboy. I don't think it's an essential read, but uh, it is a long read, and I think it was it was definitely worth my time to read it. So I enjoyed it. Um, so you don't want to go to church anymore by Wayne Jacobson. That's that's a really uh, near and dear book to my heart. Um, certainly faith based and certainly controversial as well. Uh, but uh, I really enjoyed that book. Um, Rework by Jason Free Freed. And uh, rework by Jason Freed is a super quick read, uh, an absolute. I think I think it's a must. I really do. I think there's a lot of valuable, just little short insights you can pick up, read a couple insights, and then put it down and pick it up later when you you want a little bit more. Or in one afternoon, you could read the whole thing. Uh, Think and Grow Rich is an amazing book. Uh, it took me a long time because of some of my preconceived ideas about certain things. Um, and, and so it took me longer than I think it should have to read that book, but I, I, I don't agree. I, I think I probably agree with about 70 to 80% of what's there and the things that are true, I believe are true no matter what. And, uh, it, it's been a valuable asset for me to have read that book. Uh, that's from Napoleon Hill. Another book that I have, uh, read from Napoleon Hill and I can't see it in here right now immediately, um, Okay, so the other book that from Napoleon Hill is called Outwitting the Devil, and um, probably a controversial book as well, but uh, really something valuable. I really enjoyed that one, and that one, yeah, a little bit faith-based, a little bit business-based. Um, I, I I just recommend it. I, I enjoyed that book. The four-hour work week, eh. You know, I, I, there are more people love that than than I think should, but, um, you know, I, I think I recall really enjoying the book for our work week overall. And, uh, you know, Timothy Ferris, he became very popular because of it. Uh, but yeah, so, so those are some of the books. Now, one of the things that I have found recently is that I have found myself going back to my actual Kindle. Um, I've had, let's see, I started out with the Kindle three years ago, and then I went to a, uh, Kindle touch, and going from the Kindle 3 to the Kindle Touch was a little bit difficult uh, because the Kindle Touch uh, is very much recessed. The screen was recessed, and I remember just being so upset about that. Um, then they came out with the Kindle Paperwhite, and I didn't go to the Kindle Paperwhite. Uh, instead, I went to the iPad Mini. Um, and then, of course, they had the iPad Mini, and I was reading quite a bit on the iPad Mini, and then they came out with the iPad Mini with Retina, and I went ahead and upgraded to the iPad Mini with Retina, and I really enjoyed reading on that for a while, but then I found myself playing games instead of reading, checking my email instead of reading, checking my social networks instead of reading, and I found myself reading less and less and less and less, and the other day, I went outside and I wanted to read something, and I took my iPad outside. And you, just, there's just you, you walk outside on a sunny day. There is no reading. I don't care. There is not a brightness bright enough for you to read anything on your iPad Mini with Retina or iPad anything, uh, and to be out in the sunlight and read. It's just not going to happen. So I came back inside, and I happened to have my uh, still have my Kindle Touch. And I went out in the sun and just the, you know, absolute sun is blaring right down on this little e-ink display. 
and it reminded me how much I loved my Kindle. Oh my gosh. And the distraction free and absolutely loving it. So I just want to let you know that between a Kindle Touch and an iPad mini with Retina, hands down, I prefer reading on my Kindle Touch. Now I happen to have the Kindle Touch with the official Amazon lighted case. So it's a leather case with the little light that comes out over the top. It's not a paper white. Now I have been thinking, it's like, okay, well maybe I should go, maybe maybe I should, maybe I wanna go to the paper white. And I've been thinking about that, and of course I did some searching, and I see. I think the 2013 Paper White is is the one that's out there right now. And I did a little research, and I found that there are rumors about a 2014 Paper White coming out that might have more of an HD, you know, a high, a very high resolution e-ink display, uh, better battery life, and a bunch of other, you know, a couple other improvements over the current uh, Paper White, and. Um, you know what, I, I think I'm just going to wait. I think I'm going to wait until the new Paperwhite comes out, and I'm probably going to buy whatever the next uh, Kindle Paperwhite e-ink reader uh, will be available. And who knows, if I find that you know I don't like it as much as I like the current Kindle Touch that I have here, um, then uh, you know I'll stick with it. I'm also a huge fan, by the way, of having the Kindle Touch 3G. It is more expensive than the you know, non, you know, the Wi-Fi only version of the Kindle, but I, the 3G doesn't cost you anything extra as far as a, a monthly fee. And um, I do like the fact that I, I can be out on the go and purchase, you know, search for and purchase a book without being uh, connected to Wi-Fi. Of course, I have so many ways to have Wi-Fi now, but still, you know, I, I, I do like the 3G model more than that. And I also prefer the one without the ads i you know i pay extra to have the ads removed so that um i don't see those ads i don't like those ads and not to mention the fact that when it's turned off it actually has some pretty decent uh you know little cool cover art graphics and stuff like that when i come back to my my kindle it has those nice little things on the display but uh yeah it's it's i've been changing the way that i read i'm reading a whole lot more now that i'm back to my kindle touch again and i don't know why i ever left it I, I, I actually I do know why it was a review of somebody else about the paperwhite and then I went and got the iPad mini and I thought well since I've you know and, and by the way the iPad mini worked for a very long time I was very self-disciplined for a very long time about reading on my on my iPad mini and then it just became a media consumption device I'm sitting there watching you know TV shows that I missed um, on their you know like the the A&E app or the you know what a TNT app or whatever and and I'm watching, you know, it, it's just become a device. And I, by the way, I love my iPad mini. I really love the iPad mini with Retina. Uh, but I don't love it for reading. And and the one thing I will tell you is that reading in the daylight, even inside on the iPad mini with Retina, I still get a glare. Even the slightest little glare uh, from any light source, uh, it, it kind of bugs me a little bit. And I find that when I'm reading at night, that back lit display shining from behind the screen into my eyes, it's just not a pleasant experience. And um, I, th- I think the Paperwhite has this great idea, and I think the Kobo or or might have been the BNA, you know, whoever the other people are, the, that other device that's still 
kicking, I think, that may not be kicking for a whole lot longer. But um, the other, I, what is, who is that? Barnes & Noble reader or whatever? The Nook, that's it. I think the Nook had the, 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 the e-ink with light display built in with a layer of light over top of the screen going into, you know, into the e-ink. Uh, I think that that's the paper, same thing that the Paperwhite is doing. I think it's a cool technology. I do remember my friend Michael Hyatt saying that, you know, it's kind of splotchy because of the way the implementation. So I'm waiting to 2014. Paperwhite comes out. I'll probably pre-order one uh, because I do enjoy reading so much. I'll do my best to see if I can get a list of those books into the show notes. And uh, everything that I talk about today will be found over at uh, podcastanswerman.com slash 354, podcastanswerman.com slash 354. Now, my friends, let's go ahead and transition over to Eric Fisher. Before I do that, let me play this little promo for podcasting A to Z. Are you thinking of launching your own podcast and don't know where to start? You could have your own high-quality podcast online in just under four weeks, even if you have absolutely no technical knowledge about how podcasting works. Intrigued? 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 Since 2006, Cliff Ravenscraft, the podcast answer man, has trained thousands of people on how to launch a successful podcast. Cliff has coached top-ranked podcasters such as Pat Flynn, Michael Hyatt, Michael Stelzner, Dan Miller, John Lee Dumas, and the list goes on. Podcasting A to Z is a four-week group training course that leads you step-by-step through the setup of your very own podcast. Not just the technical side, but also the mindset that goes into creating a successful show as well. One thing is certain. At the end of four weeks, you will have experienced one of the best investments you can make in taking your message to the next level. To learn more details about the course, head to podcastinga2z.com. Podcastinga2z.com. All right, my friends, it's that time for our social media segment with my good friend and social media correspondent, Eric J. Fisher. Eric, first thing I want to talk about is, do you have a new Twitter profile yet? I do now. So I'm going to Eric with a K, the letter J, F-I-S-H-E-R. And so there it is. And uh, tell me, what's the story? Why the... The road with the uh, horizon in the sky and everything. What's the story behind why you chose that photo? Well, I was looking for something that kind of, you know, one was kind of like, okay, I'm out there. I'm walking. I'm on a journey. Um, Actually, truth be told, it was somewhat reminiscent of the one you used to have as your Facebook cover photo. Yeah. And even your wallpaper where it was like, ah, nice, refreshing, like you're out there traveling and moving and feeling like you're not sitting behind a desk and and actually it's almost somewhat reminiscent of the cover or the album art for uh this is your life from michael hyatt's podcast so yeah, it is very much and and i i like the the imagery because it, it gives me the impression of you know i can't actually see what's on the horizon i, I cannot all i see is the road ahead and it's the the path before me is clear but where it's leading to i don't necessarily know i can't see that clearly that almost sounded like a song. Yeah, yeah. So. so, anyway, so you obviously have chosen a very huge picture, and this is one of my favorite things about the new Twitter profile. Now, I happen to have a 27-inch iMac, which means that um, I can make your Twitter fi- profile really huge uh, and fill up a 27-inch screen. And I love the fact that you can put a very high-resolution 
cover image for your new Twitter profile, which, oh, by the way, we should mention to people that uh, Twitter has now made it possible for us to have a more Facebook-like Twitter profile. Yeah, and and they've made this available where you can now just go click get it now and, and get it, which is why I have it, because otherwise, you know, they were rolling it out bit by bit, and then somebody out there I follow uh, tweeted, hey, you can get it now, and I clicked through, and there was a button, and I just clicked it, and now I have it. Yeah, in fact, you can go to gspn.tv slash new Twitter, and if you haven't done so already, you can go ahead and do that right now. Uh, but anyway, I and, and of course, one of the things I love that when you get on that landing page, it really does show how you can have a gigantic image and it will automatically size the image to, it, it's basically responsive design. Uh, so whether they're viewing it on an iPad or if they're viewing it on a normal resolution website or if somebody's got you full screen on a 27-inch iMac, if you have a high enough resolution photo, it can actually uh, look really good. And, I, and I'm a huge fan of this design element. I was a fan of the cover image when Facebook gave us the big image at the top. I know that uh, Google Plus did it next, and now with this big, huge emphasis on an image at the top of the page, um, it's wonderful, and it can be used for branding as well. I personally uh, have chosen chosen not to necessarily put my logo up there, but you can. Uh, but uh, Eric, you right now, I see that you just yeah. you have this big image of the the road ahead. Yeah, and I may come up with something different at some point, but one thing to note is that actually, remember where you'd have a, a three different things that you'd have to think about in terms of your your Twitter profile branding, where you'd have your you know your headshot, your avatar, preferably a headshot that is, and then you'd got the the image that we were just talking about, which was kind of your cover image, your background image. But then there was this not really a background image, but the then the kind of template or theme or you know larger, you know, on the left, on the right, all your borders, you know, your color scheme and all that kind of stuff that, I mean, it was big, it was, well, big businesses, debatable, but businesses literally or services out there that were like, hey, we will design your Twitter profile design. Do you remember these? I do. And in fact, um, you know, I, I kind of customized mine a bit and, um, you know, there you could tell ones that, you know, spent some time on this or at least invested in some money for folks to you know make it look nice for them and then you can tell the ones who have attempted to do it themselves without too much of a design sense of their own and uh which by the way is me um but anyway uh, now they have pretty much said okay these new twitter profiles yes you can up cover or upload this huge gigantic cover image you can upload your your profile picture if you will your avatar but the rest of the page is going to be pretty much standard. Everybody's is going to look the same. And, and Facebook did this as well. And it's one of the things that actually drew me originally to Facebook. Because before mm-hmm. Facebook, it was MySpace. And MySpace had this problem with sparkly, blinking glitter graphics everywhere. <laughs> and GIFs and, yeah, crazy. Well, the, and auto-playing music. Yeah, they they had all those things, but still, the, the what drew me was I I like order. I like things that are standardized. That you you click a button, you kind of almost know what to expect when you load up the next page. It's not going to all of a sudden give you a seizure because you know it's strobing lights in your face. <laughs> so, but anyway, I I I, I love the clean look. Um, it is totally, you know, everybody is calling it a Facebook like. Um, 
profile. Um, and, I, you know, okay, I see where they're coming with that. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know if I would call it Facebook-like. I think it's unique from Facebook in some ways. Yeah, I think it's unique. I mean, it's similar in some ways. It's unique in others. And by the way, just wait for Facebook to make changes again, and then it won't be. So Exactly. There you go. <laughs> hey, um, the, the cool thing I like about Twitter's profiles, and I've always liked, is the fact that you can put in a short little brief bio. And oftentimes, uh, what you put in the bio can be hyperlinked. And, and of course, that depends on uh, if you know you put a link in your profile, whether that's being viewed on a certain application or not, whether or not it's a hyperlink. But you can certainly put a link to one website address you can that that you drive people to, and um, I, I love this. It, it, it this of course is like almost like a badge of honor for some of the early adopters. I like to actually I like the fact that they show the date you joined Twitter. Right. So I can see that uh, Eric, you joined January two thousand eight, which means that you were pretty early on. Yeah, and this is my second account. I had one in two thousand seven. Okay. Cool. I, I figured you did because I thought you yeah. got one right around the time I did. Oh, yeah, totally. You were you're a trendsetter. So um, I see the And of course, they highlight a couple things here. You know, the the videos and photos that you've been uploading over time, mm-hmm. those sort of get a little bit of an extra treatment now. So it's you know, you obviously have your normal tweets, which the standard tweet and this actually I see starting to change over time. I, I think I could see a day where a standard tweet almost you know not not always includes but uh, a a good percentage an increasing percentage of tweets include photos videos or something else but um photos and videos now actually get a little bit of special treatment so you i can land on your profile and you might have a ton of text tweets which you do but if i really want to get a feel for a visual representation of the kind of content that you're sharing on twitter I can either on the left-hand side of your profile at twitter.com slash Eric J. Fisher, um, I can go down to the left-hand side and it says photos and videos. It says you have 781 of those that you've shared. And so I can click there or um, they have the ability to, at the I guess they have a navigational menu. It shows the number of tweets you have, the photos and videos, how many people you're following, how many followers you have, how many things you favorited. And um, so if I click on your photos and videos, then I get almost like a, a mini Pinterest like. And I will say this one. This one does look a ton like Facebook. The two, yeah, this, the, two, the, the, the post and yeah. Yeah, the yeah, two column layout of the images. But but this really does give me a feel for who Eric Fisher is in a, a visual sense. And I kind of like that. So if if I were to want to let's just say, find out who someone is that I just heard about, I think that I would prefer going to somebody's new Twitter profile to find out a little bit more about who they are and what they're doing than I would Facebook or even LinkedIn. I, I kind of like the 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 more, I think that Twitter's a little bit more revealing in that way. Yeah, I agree. I, I like this, and especially I like the the outlook of the you know being able to click on that photos and videos and being able to see, you know, what kind of visual content they're putting out there. It's pretty cool. The other thing is, is of course, I can see the thing. It, it, I mean, these things were all available before. Um, you know, the photos and videos I could have seen them before. Um, your favorites. These are some. You know, that's something I could have investigated in uh, more heavily. I, I could have investigated earlier. 
but it's more prominent now. So it's very mm-hmm. easy for me to just like, for example, look and see the 52 tweets that you've favorited since you've had your account. And it kind of gives me a feel for the things that you like the most, which is, you know, it can give us some unique insight into who you are. And then there's the more tab. And since the more tab only has one thing under it, which is lists, I don't know why they didn't just put lists <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and then change it when they had more. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But I actually do click on your lists and I see that you have your productivity gurus list, your beyond the to do list, uh, your tools list and your comedy list. And I see how many members or Twitter profiles you've added to those lists. And so I can go through and and uh, check those uh, lists out for myself and potentially even follow those lists and stuff like that. So, yeah, you can. Yeah, it's it's clean. It's it. I I like it. It, it, I feel like it's one of those springtime commercials where uh, you're watching TV and they show, you know, the 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 person's doing the laundry outside and they have this clothes basket and the lady pulls out this clean bright super fresh sheet and she's you know flaps it into the breeze and then hangs it up on the clothesline and it's just so light and clean and airy and that's exactly how i would describe the new twitter profiles you're you said new twitter and that somehow shuffled or or jostled memories in my head back Circa September 2010, I believe, around the time of Boston, PodCamp Boston 5, I think it was. And we were all up in arms about, hey, we want new Twitter. And that was like at least two generations ago. Yeah. And maybe just one. But still, they've they've kind of that was the last major overhaul. Yeah. And and this one I'm really excited about. Of course, we were excited about the one that we have, you know, the current one. But this is the new, new Twitter. And it, it's not Twitter classic like Coke classic, but it is the new, new Twitter. <laughs> this is this is tweet zero. Yeah. And if anybody wants to see my new Twitter profile, I'm pretty proud of it. You can go over to Twitter.com slash GSPN for Generally Speaking Production Network. And my photo at the top is a picture of one of my most recent uh, um, community meetups of people who oh, were nice. podcasting A to Z students and alumni and oh, I'm right there in the center. And you're, there's Eric Fisher. <laughs> I'm Look like at that. Photobombing <laughs> over <laughs> Michael Stelzner's head. <laughs> so, yes, you are. So, anyway, that, I, I love that. And of course, that's the same image I use on my Facebook profile currently. And, you know, I, 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 really, be, I really feel that this is a nice, clean look. And it's actually less cluttered than Facebook, in my opinion. Uh, it, it's a, I like it more than I do Facebook as far as this design. The only thing I hate is right now I click on home and it takes me back to the, you know, the old design. The only thing that's new about the new, new Twitter is my new profile. So I'm hoping that they'll transition everything over to this new look and feel and, and stuff like that. But yeah, one thing we forgot to mention is the fact that you have the ability to pin a tweet now. Oh yes. Thank you. Uh, so did you pin a tweet? I did. I did. Yeah. Uh, I pinned one that was actually it was a retweet and I I think I'll you know pin different ones periodically Uh, I see yours is about the 350th student that just registered for podcasting A to Z yes about two weeks ago almost yeah I, I, I chose that tweet because it's something that if somebody's coming for the very first time uh, this is some and that is a way that I kind of branded my Twitter profile no matter when they come 
to my Twitter profile, that pinned tweet is the first tweet they will see on my list. And it does have a, it has my podcasting A to Z logo there. And it does actually have a stat or a statistic or, or, or not necessarily, no, it has a fact that is a compelling fact for, you know, what I do and who I am. And that, you know, I've got this thing that's called podcasting A to Z. And there's an average of, you know, 20 some odd people that have taken each and every course that I've produced. And uh, over 350 people now have signed up for it. So I, I like that. That's it, it kind of represents me and my brand and what I, I really want promoted first and foremost. And of course, you know, that's in competition with my actual text profile or bio. And so, you know, what I have in my bio is pretty darn important to me. But that tweet kind of just adds a little bit of extra. This is who I am and this is what's, I think, most important for me to tell you who's investigating who I am on Twitter uh, about myself. Yeah, totally. So real quickly here, I notice one other thing that um, you you have in your link, you have beyondthetodolist.com. So basically, if somebody from Twitter was to look at the link that you have in your, your main link in your Twitter profile, you just send them to your main homepage. I used to do this as well. I, I'd love to give... Uh, everyone out there, my feelings on something that you could do to kind of take your Twitter profile default link to the next level. Do it. And that is to send them to a specialized page. Now, some people, and of course, if I was to do this really well, I probably would actually create a, a, a nice professional looking video and put it in it, you know, upload it to YouTube and embed it onto a page that welcomes people to my website and saying, thank you f- you know, obviously you are watching this video because you clicked on the link in my Twitter profile and welcoming them, welcoming them and giving them a kind of a few of, you know, what's going on there. I haven't gone that far. I probably should. But my default link does not just go to podcastanswerman.com. My default link takes them to podcastanswerman.com slash four reasons, which mm. is the number four reasons which is a very important blog post where they can either watch one of two videos or they could watch both. The first video is a 10-minute video on four four reasons why you should create a podcast. And the second video is a 49-minute video of a talk that I gave at Michael Hyatt's platform conference, which is why you should create a podcast within the next 90 days. So and hasn't it been more than ninety days now since you gave that talk? It has, and <laughs> um, I will tell you that over fifty people who were in the audience of that particular talk have already created a podcast. Awesome! And not to mention a couple hundred other people outside of that. Have. Wow, that was loud. So um, I'm just looking. That video has now been seen five thousand four hundred twenty times. Wow, pretty decent. Yeah, it's a, that's pretty good. So anyway, the the cool thing is, is that, um, you know, you could actually have a specialized page that you're driving traffic to. And not only that, but it actually can help you in your analytics find out how many people are actually clicking that particular link on Twitter to come to your website. And then you can even follow, okay, now of those people who clicked on the link from my Twitter profile... What did they do after that? Did they leave the site or did they go to a different page that perhaps I was leading them toward? Mm, data-driven data driven decision-making. I love it. There you go. 
Ah, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Yep. Love it. I like it. I do, too. And by the way, just a quick update, Eric, we, we talked about getting back to the human, you know, the more human feel of Twitter a couple you know months ago or maybe two months ago or something like that. And I will tell you that Twitter and Facebook are still running neck and neck for how much I enjoy interacting with people. I still find myself getting much more uh, long term engagement uh, from in, in conversation on Facebook, which I really love. But going back and using Twitter like I did in 2007, which is just purely relational, uh, I might do some self-promotion there every now and then. But it's really, I'm, I am more along the lines of you, getting on Twitter when I'm around and, and just, you know, instantaneous communication with a large group of people saying, hey, what's up? I enjoy it like I enjoyed it in 2007, 2008. Yeah, and I even responded to somebody posting what they had for lunch today, and it was actual, actually meaningful. So I really enjoy Twitter, and I, I enjoy the new Twitter. I do as well. Hey, Eric, um, I know that there is one uh, big new piece of information in your life. I think that I've heard through the grapevine that you might actually be working for yourself now. That is true. I am employed by myself. So uh, you're no longer with the university and uh, tell folks real quickly, what kind of work are you actually doing so that uh, if anybody's interested in hiring you for any of those products and services, they can contact you. Yeah, well, and actually right now, currently I am working on a social media consulting project and then I also have slots available, available for productivity and even podcasting coaching. So Excellent. And if people want to get in touch with you, where should they go to find you? Uh, honestly, I should just give people my email address. All right. Go right ahead. It, just Eric with a K, the letter J, F-I-S-H-E-R at gmail.com. And Eric with a K, the letter J, F-I-S-H-E-R on Twitter is where you can hit me up there or go to beyondthetodolist.com. Well, dude, I'll tell you what, it is a scary thing starting out on your own. And I am certainly going to be keeping you in my thoughts and prayers as you uh, embark upon this journey of self-employment, and I have no doubt with the amount of time and effort and energy you've given to uh, really encouraging people and bringing valuable uh, information to their lives, uh, that that you're going to find some great success out there. So, folks, if you guys are looking for some social media advice, productivity advice, or even want to just get some one-on-one uh, consultation on your podcasting efforts, uh, you know, if you're not into podcasting A to Z, or maybe if you've gone through podcasting A to Z and you just want to run some things off of Eric to uh, talk to him about his experience and what he might think about your show or stuff like that, give him an email or send him an email, Eric with the letter K, the letter J, F-I-S-H-E-R at gmail.com. Eric, thank you so much, my friend. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks for having me on. Well, my friends, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Podcast Answer Man. Thank you for tuning in again this week. Um, And by the way, I I do need to say thank you to a lot of people. I don't know why there seems to be such a rush of use on my uh, Bluehost affiliate link, but I'm certainly happy about it. Obviously, I know about three or four of these folks are podcasting A to Z students, but still, even beyond that, there's a lot of you signing up for accounts, hosting accounts over there, Bluehost using my affiliate link. And of course, when they when you use my affiliate link to set up for your hosting account with Bluehost, I do get a very generous commission. I mean, I'm talking a very generous commission, my friends. 
And uh, if you want to learn all about my uh, thoughts about hosting your website on Bluehost or whatever service you want to host it on, and also about where you should host your MP3 files and why those should be different than your website, head over to podcastanswerman.com slash hosting. Again, podcastanswerman.com slash hosting. Now, here's my thank you list. Thank you to the folks behind joshuasnow.com, teachingbookspodcast.com, accidentallycondescending.com, aloha, let's see here, aloha jacks, that must be it, alohajacks.com, earhustlingpodcast.com, eggtooth.com, that's egg T, or no, it's egg, the number two, th.com. Anyway, eggtooth.com, yourcontentfactory.com, and Got Lit Radio. Like, Got Literature? Anyway, gotlitradio.com. Thank you to all of you for using my affiliate link when signing up for your Bluehost hosting account over there at podcastanswerman.com slash hosting. And uh, let's see here. One final thing. Again, um, I am... Getting ready to go into next week will be my final week of my 16th session of podcasting A to Z. We have 23 students who are in this current session and things are going extremely well. In fact, yesterday we had our first student already submit their brand new podcast to iTunes and I suspect many more of those will happen this weekend and certainly a huge rush of new podcasters flooding the market next week during our final week together. If you want to sign up for Podcasting A to Z, my next course starts Monday, June 2nd. All the information at podcastingatoz.com. Again, that's podcastingatoz.com. And you know what? With just a couple more seconds, just a quick shout out. I just want to say thanks to my, my really good friend, Grant Baldwin, for uh, just hanging out with me this week to talk about my upcoming keynote talk at the Podcast Movement Conference. Had a good chat with him and uh, really feeling good about the direction about my talk. Anyway, God bless. Helping you to get the thing you do to the next level. We'll talk to you next week. See you then. Podcast. It's a man.